Hello, my name's Kate and I'll be sharing on The Promised Son. And uh, this quarter we are looking at the book of Hebrews and the memory text is Hebrews 1, 2 and 3. And it says, but in these last days, he has spoken to us by his son, whom he appointed heir of all things and through whom also he made the universe. The sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. Okay, so it starts off, but in these last days, and it's interesting that we now, I personally believe that we are living in the last days. If you look at the statue in Daniel 2, the statue of Nebuchadnezzar with the, the gold and the silver and the bronze, the iron and the clay, I see that we're living in not only just the iron and clay feet, <laughs> but in the very toenails just before the rock comes, which is the next kingdom, which is God's kingdom, which will be just so <laughs> glorious and I cannot wait for. But in these last days, and some people talk about the time of the end and the end of time, that they are a little different, that the end of time is literally the end of time, like where we're living now, whereas the time of the end is uh, a little bit longer. It says he has spoken to us, so God has spoken to us by his son. And God spoke, he inspired scripture through thought inspiration. So by, by the Holy Spirit, he gave the men the thoughts and they wrote it down to be part of scripture. And I'm so grateful for scripture. But here he's, he's saying he's spoken to us by his son. So it's not just words on a page. It's not just inspiration. It's my very own son. And it goes on to say who, yes, he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. I'll come back to that. But the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So Jesus, yeah, he's not just words on a page. Jesus is the exact representation of God's being. I'm not even just going to tell you about me. I'm going to show you who I am. And it says in John 14, if you have known me, verse 7, if you have known me, you would have known my father also, and from now on him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. Verse 9, Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? Who has seen? He who has seen me has seen the father. So how can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the father and the father in me. So this scripture just agrees with Hebrews 1, 2 and 3 that says that the son, Jesus, is the exact representation of his being. It's also interesting here that that through whom also he made the universe. So it's talking about through the son, God the father made the universe. Because yeah, in John 1, from verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him, nothing was made that was made. So in the beginning, the word, which was God, Jesus, he's obviously the creator because it says all things were made through him and without him, nothing was made. But then if you go to Genesis 1, verse 1, it says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And if you look up the original text of the word God right there, it's Elohim, which is plural. So, yes. So I like that he said in Hebrews 
through whom also he made the universe because some people say well, was it Jesus or was it God and yes the Sabbath school lesson just goes on to to talk about how Adam and Eve sin and I can't even imagine the devastation that they would have felt. I don't know if you've ever regretted something just and had total remorse, so much so that you just feel sick in your stomach and you just catastrophize. These guys aren't even catastrophizing right now. It's reality that their actions actually caused sin and death to infiltrate the entire world and everybody to come after them, which I just can't even imagine the, the sadness and and just think about the first signs that they saw of death, even if it was just leaves falling from a tree because they were dying, like the gut-wrenching reality, just seeing the, the beginning of that gut-wrenching reality of, my goodness, that's death. We've never seen this before. And then the death of their child when Cain killed Abel, I can't even <laughs> just... Wow. But God promised a seed. So this seed would would come and deliver them from the mess that they made by choosing sin, by choosing to trust the enemy and his lies rather than God who is good and who is love and who is their creator. Instead of choosing God's ways, even though he said, don't touch that tree, they did. And, and now they had to wait. They had to wait for a deliverer. And I can imagine every birth that Eve had, she would have thought, oh, maybe this is him. Maybe this is him. Maybe this our son is going to make everything okay. But God teaches us patience, doesn't he? We want everything now. We want everything fixed now, but it's not like that. Life doesn't work that way. And Jesus came right on time. Prophecy actually pointed to uh, Jesus' birth, his death, and his resurrection. And he came right on time all the way through the book of John. It's Jesus is saying, not yet. <laughs> my time is not yet come. And again, my time is not yet come. Mother, don't you? My time is not yet come. And then he comes to the time where he sits on a donkey, uh, a colt, and he's He's riding through the streets and people are singing Hosanna and putting down palm, victory palm branches. And he says, you know what? My time is come. And the time is come is because he came right on time, just as prophecy. So scripture fulfilling itself. And I'd just like to share some of these prophecies that were fulfilled in Jesus. So first one I'd like to share was is from Micah 5 verse 2. It says, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are little among the thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one, capital O, one, to be ruler in Israel, whose goings forth are from of old, from everlasting. So that's Jesus, um, because he is from everlasting. And he was born in Bethlehem. And in Luke 2, it talks about Joseph going to Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. And so that's one about Jesus' birth 
coming truth true then we go to okay so jesus being betrayed by jesus it's from psalm 41 verse 9 it says even my own familiar friend in whom i trusted who ate my bread has lifted up his heel against me and it's fulfilled in luke 22 it says in verse 47 and 48 and while he was still speaking behold a multitude and he who was called judas one of the 12 went before them and drew near to jesus to kiss him but jesus said to him judas are you betraying the son of man with a kiss it even talks about in zechariah 11:12 that he weighed out 30 pieces of silver and in matthew 26 it talks about and they counted out to him 30 pieces of silver that was to judas when he betrayed jesus and when he isaiah 55 53 verse 5 says and he was wounded for our transgressions he was bruised for our iniquities the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we are healed and in romans 5 6 6 to 8 it talks about for when we were still without strength in due time christ died for the ungodly But God demonstrates his own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And then let's go to his resurrection. Oh, no, first of all, let's talk about Psalm 22, 17 and 18. When Jesus was on the cross, it says, I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots in Matthew 27 35 and 36 it's fulfilled it says then they crucified him and divided his garments casting lots that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet they divided my garments among them and for my clothing they cast lots so Jesus really did come right on time he died right on time and there's another couple of scriptures that show that he rose right on time it says Psalm 16 10 for you will not leave my soul in Sheol, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. And Mark 16 verses 6 and 7 says, But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him, but go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him as he said to you. And one last one, Psalm 68, 18. It says, you have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. You have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. And fulfilled, it says in Mark 16, 19. So then after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. First Corinthians 15, 4 also agrees. And it says, and that he was buried and that he rose again and the third day... And rose again the third day according to the scriptures. Yeah, so much there to just show that we can really trust the scriptures. And there's this beautiful quote that I just love. It's from my favorite author. And she says, we have nothing to fear for the future except that we forget how he has led us in the past. And when we see scripture fulfilled like this, how does our faith not be bolstered? Like we, we just can't help but trust him. And in the Sabbath school lesson, it talks about how he promised, it says he promised that he would establish his final kingdom. He inaugurated that kingdom by delivering us from the power of Satan and installing Jesus as our ruler. This is only the beginning, however, where the father began to do what the father began to do at Jesus' first coming, he will bring to completion at his second. And when we see all of the promises that God has fulfilled in the past, we, we can trust his word that what he says is true. And his word is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And when he says something it it happens like creation god cannot lie it's something he can't do because if he opens his mouth and says it's going to happen so that's why we need to trust 
the word of God above the evidence of our senses, above what we see and hear and touch and smell, because it's way more true because it's God who is saying it. So even if we can't fathom it right now, we it's hard to believe it. We have to believe it by faith. Um, so I shouldn't say we have to believe it by faith, but let's, I encourage you and me to believe it by faith because I liked in Sunday's lesson that it talked about how the father's revelation in the son provided the key to understanding the true breadth of the Old Testament. And we saw that just before with all of the, the prophecies pointing to Jesus' birth, death, and resurrection. And it says here, the son so in the author's mind, the father's revelation in the son provided the key to understanding the true breadth of the Old Testament, just as the picture on the box of a jigsaw puzzle provides the key to understand, key to finding the correct place for every one of its pieces. <laughs> and it's so true when we're putting together a puzzle and lots of the pieces say green grass or blue water, it's all of the, the different variations of, of color and texture. We really need that picture on the box to show us where all of the pieces fit and just um, like the life of Jesus it's like prophecy is usually not understood until it's fulfilled and then we can look back and just say ah oh, <laughs> that's amazing um, and so Jesus brought so much to light that the people just didn't understand from the Old Testament scriptures. And it was interesting because the Pharisees were meant to be experts in the law and the prophets. They were meant to know scripture like the back of their hand. But then as it was being fulfilled, they didn't want to know it. It was like because Jesus was fulfilling prophecy in a, a way that they didn't expect, weren't prepared for, they felt threatened because it was almost undermining their authority and their knowledge and perceived wisdom. And so they actually rejected him and many wanted to kill him, which is just, uh, it's inconceivable to me. But And it says in the Sabbath school lesson that Jesus is the pioneer or captain and forerunner of believers. He fights for us and represents us. This also means that what God did for Jesus, our representative, the Father also wants to do for us. He who exalted Jesus at his right hand also wants to sit with Jesus on his throne. God's message to us in Jesus includes not only what Jesus said, but also what the Father did through him and to him all for our temporal and eternal benefit. And I guess it's so merciful and gracious <laughs> that us, the fallen race, the one planet that decided to disobey God and choose death, have been so closely united to God through, through you know, Jesus condescending to, to live amongst us and die our death and um, save us, rescue us um, from death. And it's just not only that, like not only did he rescue us, but he now is saying, okay, I want to do really good things with with and through you too. And I want you to sit uh, with Jesus on his throne. And <laughs> I just... I can't even, it's, I've heard it explained that Jesus, it's almost like he became an ant because it was such a condescension. He became an ant, lived with the ants because he loved the ants and gave up his, his very throne and his perfect life in heaven just because he couldn't stand being away from us. He, he couldn't stand that we could be lost. He just loved us so much and love can make us do huge things. I've heard of mothers who maybe 50 kilos lifting up a car because their child was stuck underneath it. Like love just 
compels and propels and strengthens and yeah makes people do such selfless amazing things and think about our capacity to love and god's capacity to love (laughs) they're quite different yeah so we're scratching the surface so the next thing i want to share about is from genesis and it's chapter 1 verse 26 and it says then god said let us make man in our image according to our likeness let them have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over the cattle over all uh, the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth and so humans are made in god's image and jesus is in the image of God. And so what's the difference? What's the difference between Jesus and us? And there is a big difference. <laughs> I'm not trying to be blasphemous here. So human beings were made in God's image, but they are not his essence. The son shares the same essence with the father. Um, that's why he said in John 14:9, he who has seen me has seen the father. It, we're same but different because we are not God. <laughs> and that's really good for us to remember. And, and it's good for us to have an accurate picture of who God is. And we talk about that in whether what the word begotten means. And in John 3.16, it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. But does that mean he was not always, like that that Jesus had a beginning, that he wasn't eternal? We look to scripture and back to John 1, it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So it is heresy <laughs> to say that Jesus, that there was a point where Jesus was not. So he was begotten, but how? And it's important to note that Hebrews 7 verse 3 says that Jesus has neither beginning of days nor end of life. And it's consistent throughout the whole scripture. So what does begotten mean? Instead of we've established that it's not talking about Jesus and in his eternal sense, because he always was. So it must be talking about his time here on earth, begotten. And he was begotten. He was born of a virgin. He, yeah, lived our life and died our death in our place, but he did it right. So praise God for that. And I think it's really important to know who God is, like to to be really accurate in our understanding as much as possible so that we know who we're worshipping, we know who we're trusting, because it does change our faith in the capacity of our God, obviously how we are representing him to others. And also there's that text that says that by beholding, we are changed into his image. And so we really always want to be as accurate as we possibly can be so that we can give that closer reflection of our Lord and Saviour. So I'd just like to close by saying the memory text one more time. It's Hebrews 1 verses 2 and 3. And it says, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. And it's my prayer that for myself and all who are listening, that we continue to just search the scriptures that, and we ask for the spirit of truth to guide us into all truth. That's from John 16 verse 13. So I'll sign off now. <laughs> Thank you.